Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. As always on a Wednesday, it's Jordy's here, Jordy's there, and I'm joined by George, Steve Hasty, Albert Mitch, and Steve Wilkinson tonight. Stu Penman has played his night off cards, so uh, we hope he enjoys it, has a, a good one. And uh, don't forget, halfway through the show, after the ad break, we will be asking George, so make sure you get your questions through. Uh, for George, we'll try and get through a few of them halfway through the show. But uh, George, let's start with uh, the weekend's results. It's one we want to forget. It's one I think a lot of people expected in, in a lot of ways. I mean, Manchester City uh, were you know neck and neck with Liverpool, of course, to, to win the title. It was advantage City uh, after the weekend's results. Liverpool, of course, pulled themselves back in line um, last night with a win over Aston Villa. Uh, but yeah, we we came across a Man City team who were ruthless after that Champions League exit, George. Yeah, and... Uh... While I was fingers crossed that we may get something out of the game, in reality, I, I had a feeling we were going to get well and truly uh, thumped like we did. And, and you can trot out all the, the old-fashioned sayings about men against boys and all the rest of it, but it, it really was uh, a mother and father of, of Pearson's. There are some disappointments in it for me because we lost some goals to things we've started to get good at. That's dead ball situations. We, we've with the help of, I understand, Graham Jones is the expert in, in the club now with that. And we've been doing very well. We'd be better in lots of clubs on, on uh, not giving goals away from dead ball situations. But that went by the board on, on uh, at the weekend as, as well as everything else. The other thing that uh, slightly disappointed me was the, uh, um, the fact that the manager went with um, our weakest defending player, ASM, up against one of their most ferocious attacking fullbacks, <laughs> and it, it left a huge gap. Um, and the first two goals came straight through that gap. Um, interesting today, I, I don't know if anybody else has seen it. There's a piece in the Shields Gazette, uh, how talking about um Chris Wood and how important he's been to the club since he came. A fantastic piece. If, if ever I heard a manager really building somebody up he, he was giving it to Chris Wood um, and that's interesting because uh, when I was watching the game there was a couple of times particularly when the ASM lost uh, lost the ball uh, you know Chris Wood was shrugging his shoulder as you could see he was absolutely frustrated um, but uh, they are a magnificent team my preference would be for them to win the title because I think they're they're more the pure football team uh, to my mind than, than Liverpool are. Also, there was something I picked up, and I don't know if any of the else, else if you, uh, others of you did. There was a um, Keith's uh, consortium uh, lads picked up something off, a, off, a, off a, um, a website in Liverpool asking questions about the Liverpool team and the Liverpool setup and saying, um, how is it that in the UK and in Liverpool the average number of people that have got asthma are 12.5%. So how is it that 75% of the Liverpool squad have got asthma? And the club doctors uh, you know, um, uh, prescribed them some of the most severe asthma drugs you can get. Now, they're bloody uh, really serious drugs. They're the, they're the things that got the cyclists into trouble and some of the runners into trouble. Uh, maybe it's time that uh, Premier League looked at an independent doping uh, uh, group 
uh, to have a look at what's going on in football because I I was staggered with that and I took I took it so staggered I had, I had to look at two or three times. And I don't think I took it so easily, but his consortium lads picked it up. It wasn't just me. So um, that aside, um, as I say, I, I think Manchester City just play a far more um, pure and, and direct um, classical game of football for me than, than Liverpool do. So I would be happy if they won the title. But uh, we we uh, were given lots of lessons, shown where we need to, need to go. Um, I think we've already all of us known that for a while now. Um, but it was uh, nonetheless uh, painful to see our team uh, destroyed like that. It's the only way to describe it. Um, but uh, never mind, uh, you know, um, the lessons learned and, and, and the changes that will happen in the summer, hopefully you'll see we're uh, performing slightly better the next time we meet. Steve, the, um, the, the comparison um, between Newcastle and, and Man City is ludicrous at the minute. We haven't spent anywhere near as much, as much money as them in, in the last 14 years. And you know we're hoping to, to get into those realms moving forward over the next few years. But I think one of the things that struck me about the game, um, apart from the clinical finishing, was the irony of uh, Alison Maximum crossing that ball in and Chris Wood um, not getting the header into the goal. Yeah. It was almost yeah. like he was... It was almost as if he was dotting the eyes and crossing the T's ASM. You know, if if he, if he could have said, "I told you so," with actions, he did it there and he didn't. He yeah, that was the that was the that was the first notch on his bedpost for his Ballon d'Or, wasn't it? And it's gone already. <laughs> <laughs> it it is. I mean, it it it. it I think what was interesting about the game on Sunday and then the game previous previous Saturday when we played Liverpool is there you've got two teams top of the Premier League separated only by goal difference. But two totally different teams in terms of the way they line up, the way they play. One playing a very much a possession game and grinding you down um, and managing to score five goals against you at the same time. The other one who play um, very much metronomic in, in my terms, in terms of the fact that they go out, the coach has them lined up in a certain way. They have two attacking fullbacks, which means nobody presses on the two central defenders. They have a line of three in the midfield that protect those central two and and make them look like world beaters. And then you have some three who defend from the front. City totally different, and it was, that's the contrast that we're seeing. But there's nothing. There's not a flypaper between them in terms of points. That both clubs are so way way ahead in terms of, of where they are in, in in the manner in which and where they play football. Um, so that shows you where we've got to aspire to, and it's going to be interesting to see with the quality of players that we're, we're hopefully being linked with and, and can bring in, and then what the coach can do with them. Which style of football will we go for? Will we go for a more a Liverpool style? Will we go for? A, will we have players that play a passing Man City style of football? Um, will we will we develop our own style over the next couple of seasons? And that's what's fascinating about the fact that you know we are basically safe now from. From the the dreaded drop, and we, we can now start to build, and that's what I'm looking forward to. But yeah, you're right in terms of that San Maximum little cross, absolutely spot on, Steve. Comical at times. Um, he is going to win the Ballon d'Or. He says, I think he's got more chance of winning some cart door from Sainsbury's. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> our lead. Um, we, we you know we see yesterday that Man Manchester City are, are going to sign Haaland, um, and, and that's a great signing for them. There was a lot of talk yesterday about uh, Gabriel Jesus. Will he will he leave? You know, now that Harlem's coming, I think he's probably more likely to stay. But would, would you be interested in seeing Newcastle? 
Actually, this is what we're all talking about now, almost. It's about uh, who we can get. And uh, uh, some fans didn't understand that uh, to reach uh, the level that we can pick any player we want, we still, uh, we still have to uh, have regular or we have to fill the spot uh, with the position with, uh, uh, with the greater players. Uh, later on, after a few years, if we can want any player in the world, how mu- no matter how much he wants or how much we need to pay for the club, we can get. But uh, 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 this is difficult now. You have to start with the basis at least. Uh, so uh, for Jesus, uh, for me personally, uh, after I see the market and the club's prices, uh, I think Jesus is a, gr- a great uh, deal. You still have one year in Manchester City, and uh, uh, we already get Bruno. Maybe this also attract Jesus, uh, and uh, it's good to play Jesus. Uh, he can be right wing, uh, right wing and striker. So this is two position we need. So it's good option. He can play in both position. So for me, he's a good choice, and he proved himself uh, in Europe. Uh, uh, and uh, the good thing that we, there is a lot of players we can you know, we can get there is a lot of choices uh, so i think uh, it just you know, can't wait actually for can't wait for the summer window to start yeah um, disappointing was it outly for you watching that game um, was it were you surprised newcastle lost 5-0 well you know, uh, you know, uh, the good thing that uh, if you know, uh, i watch all the games so i can easily say from 7th to 20 we beat almost all the teams just the top teams we are struggling and i noticed that the top six kind of want to prove something uh, they have uh, thinking about us too much so they play with newcastle differently they deal with newcastle as really as a good as a strong team you really just want to show that we are higher or we are that better which is good also prove uh, kind of think that maybe it how uh, uh, you know, the player the player levels we we see with Leicester with the Brighton with this similar uh, mid table teams we really uh, we we really were better but with with uh, advanced advanced player it's like it's like common sense with advanced player advanced tactics we lose so uh, I think it's uh, something about uh, the type of players, player expo- uh, our player expose really. Yani, uh, uh, I read a statement. I hope it's uh, uh, is it true that no matter if there is a passion between the coach and the players, some players must be go for the team's sake. And this is this is I hope this is right because they can't uh, they can't compete with uh, with the, uh, with any yani, much better players. We see, we see the differences. We we see without mentioning any names. We see when they are in the real. Uh, okay, I can say maybe maximum because you are talking about maximum. I think we see how how it was uh, really. Yani, he really maybe he, he maybe uh, only get one maybe uh, only one uh, good attacking uh, opportunity and that's it. Yeah. Mitch, the performance, I mean, your dad touched on it before, um, <clears throat> of ASM, um, you know, was, was again erratic. He doesn't defend. And that, 
I did see the tweet that somebody put up there about um and I think we'll, you know, we, I think we all liked it, we've all seen it. Was Matt Target. I wonder if Matt Target will be saying, if only I had a left-sided midfield player who tracked back and defended. <laughs> um, you know, maybe I would get 15 clean sheets a season. I mean, again, it's looking at his performance, but also looking at the defense as a, as a defense as a whole as well. You know, the, the, the selection of the cells, I think it just leaves people scratching their head, you know. Maybe just getting a look at him to see whether he is worth keeping before getting rid of him in the summer, do you think? I think that's the logic behind some of the selections. I think he wants to have a look at everybody and assess where do we go from here. And I think we've got no time for sentiment and we've got to be ruthless. If we're going to progress, we've got to be ruthless. And we've got to accept there's going to be some ruthless decisions made. Um, when it comes to St. Maximin, I bet Matt Target, when he goes posting a speeches after his career's over, he'll sound like John Beresford. Because if you listen to Bez when he talks about uh, Ginola disappearing on him, you know, and then him getting all the pelters for, for being the weakest link in the back four, um, it, it could be a similar conversation because it's quite clear that first goal, St Maximin just lost his man entirely. Yeah. But when you play him, you kind of almost, he's one of these players you've got to accept he, he isn't going to do certain things. And you've got to find a way to compensate for that. The team has to. Um, it makes me wonder, is that why Howe was experimenting with playing him up front on his own and, and changing the systems around to say, right, how can we allow him to just do his thing uh, and can we then have a better shape around that? I think the answer was no, really, from what I saw of it. But... Um, Players like that are always going to frustrate. St. Maximin certainly causes debate, causes friction. We we talked about it last night uh, with the lads from Loaded, me and Stu. Um, and we know Stu's views on St. Maximin. He's been very forthright about that all along on this show. Um, and, and when players like that do get divisive at times, him in particular, because he's got his social media team working overtime at the moment, and therefore, he's garnering a lot of personal support. Um, and he knows how to do that. And he knows how to do it cleverly in the current uh, social media world, so to speak. Um, but I think we've got to be prepared as a fan base for some very ruthless decisions over the summer. And I'm quite sure how he wants to see everybody for what they are and say, right, here you are. This is a Premier League game, top of the Premier League. It's a game in anger. Let's see how you perform. And if the answer is you haven't performed, and this is, adds to the list of reasons why I might be prepared to move you on in the summer, so be it. I think we've got to have that attitude with every single player. Steve, we've played you know, Manchester City and Liverpool back-to-back. -back. It's difficult enough playing them any time during the season, but when they're both chasing that league title, it, it was always going to be difficult. What have, what have we learned about those, the Newcastle team from those two respective fixtures? Well, I think if if you go back to the, when we played the, the likes of those teams a couple of years ago, we, we just sat back and soaked it up. And I think we had a go at least on on the on, on Man City game. And we didn't we just didn't just lie down and try and defend as we, as we've done in the past. Um, although having said that, we, we actually got a result having done that a few years ago when, uh, when when we beat Man City at home. But I think it it highlighted um, lots of areas that that. We are deficient. I mean, we talked about ASM, 
But we had, we had Grealish doing effectively what we want ASM to do down that left-hand side. And, and he was streets ahead. And that's the, that's the level in, yeah. in line with what Mitch is saying. We've got to, we, we, you know, whatever thing of ASM and whether he's this potential squad player would need to be moving to that next level. It's somebody playing on that side and, and attacking uh, the fullbacks in the way that they did. And he's not a regular. He, I mean, he, he, 100 million quid, yeah, but he, he's, he's not a regular in Man City's team. And uh, so that, that's that's an area. I think, I mean, if trying to take positives out of the game uh, was that we, we finished with 11 players on the field. We had uh, Bookings, Dan Byrne, Matt Target and Bruno, which is more worrying when he got booked. I thought, oh, if he's, because he gets stuck in in the midfield if, if he gets a red, that's all we need for for the two games coming up. If we're miss, missing Bruno, um, but I think again the positives also seeing uh, Trippier and, and Wilson coming back. And I think if Wilson had had the chance that uh, that would miss, I think that would have been in the net. You know, it's the sort of goal he was scoring earlier in the season. You know, coming in on the on the blind side, and I think he he would have he would have timed the run better than than Wood did. Um, and it, you know, I think it was probably. Ring rusty, why he, he missed the chance when he got through, but it, it would miss that chance of a of a of a centre forward getting a, a break on the defence because of his his running and the timing and uh, you know I, I'm, I'm hoping they're both fit enough to play on the start on Monday, um, and uh, let's let's see what Wilson can do. Maybe he can get a couple of goals before the end of the season. Um, yeah, it was, it was good to see the pair of them pair of them back though, wasn't it? Steve? Yeah, I mean, oh, it was, yeah, very much. It was so. a major plus but, point in the game. But I think if, if you know, when you're looking ahead to the future, if, if we are the third behind Man City and, and Liverpool for a few seasons, that one that gets with the Champions League, we might win the odd cup in the meantime. Um, that That's, well, it's not target number one. Everybody's talking about getting the top 10, top eight, top six, whatever. I, I think we can be quicker than that because I think it, it didn't take Leicester long to recover uh, to win the league. Uh, I'm not suggesting that we're going to win the league next season, but they were they were in a relegation mess. Um you know, and, and going back to <clears throat> to when uh, when Keegan came, you know, we were were in the first season up, we finished third, and then we're we're competing within seasons at the, to win the league. So I I don't see why we we need to think about getting. You know, yes, that would be improvement to tenth and eighth, but you know, when you when you look at the teams like of uh, West Ham and and the teams hovering and and Man United in their current state, hovering around the the sort of fifth, sixth, seventh position. I don't see why we kind of keep compete with them, and I think uh, you know that, that there's, but we've got to be moving to the next level and getting the kind of players that Mitch was talking about. We've got to be ruthless. And- Steve, I would dare suggest if we'd had Howe from the start of the season and he had had that group of players from day yeah. one pre-season, that's where we would be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, well, I mean- we're not that far away, and if you look at the points we gave away with the first eleven games before yeah. he came in. You know, even if you take eight points out of those first 11 games, where would that put one the team? Yeah, would be mixed it with Yeah. And so that first objective is not pie in the sky. You can start mixing it there. It's yeah. within the grasp now for me. Exactly, yeah. You know, I think if you go back to the beginning and, and we're, we're winning games, even under Bruce, we're winning matches and then the, the defence all fell apart. West Ham was the classic, the first game. You know, win 2-1 at half time. I don't think Eddie Howe would have lost that game. Um, no. But we just get, fell apart in the second half. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, what do you think? Let us know. Put your uh, comments in the uh, the box on YouTube and we will try and get to uh, them as many as possible. Uh, Son of THC says uh, he saw your appearance on Loaded Mitch and just wants to know how come after all our injuries 
uh, hamstrings, quads, etc. How come he never in the past said, well, have they checked his cunt? His twisted teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. They took us, took us down the, 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 the little road about sports injuries and treating players holistically. And, and there is some data from a good friend of mine, Dr. Thomas Stamos, who works in Athens, but he works with Olympiakos and Panathinaikos and, and the Traumatos, and he works with their physios. And they've got data that says players with gum disease are more likely to get tendonitis. But the best one is players with impacted wisdom teeth are 25% more likely to do the hamstring. And they're currently trying to work out what the mechanism is, and it, it, it's probably very complicated. Um, but the data is right, because he gave me the data to work on. He gave me the data to work out what we call the P number, which you want your P number to be as low as possible to see the data set is right. And my P number came out to like 0.007, but he didn't tell us what the data was, so it didn't bias my attitude to what I was doing when I was crunching the numbers. And so I'm when he told to us what the data... If that's so, Mitch, uh, you need bones connected to your tooth bone. It, it pretty much is, mate. Dead bones connected to the neck bone. <laughs> and, if, and if you remember, Arsene Wenger was getting players to have their wisdom teeth taken out. He yeah. did it with Van Persie. Yeah, he did it did. with Fabregas. Yeah. Um, he did it with somebody else at Arsenal. And one of the French lads at Chelsea had his wisdom teeth done on the back of his mates having theirs done. And they all reckon Van Persie's injury rate went down after he had his wisdom teeth taken out. So that's wow. been what's that's really what's kept Wilson out most of the season. His teeth, yeah, probably. You know, we covered all that, didn't we, Mitch, a couple of years ago with with you, Steve, on on the show, right? On the three amigos. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and it was and that was at the point where it was very much uh, talking about all of the other uh, issues around the medical side that FIFA were looking into at that particular time. It was. Mm. That, that was very, very interesting show. That well, that, that was when I got invited to speak at a conference out here in Dubai, FIFA Medical Conference, because the, the thing they were wanting the data on was the connection between gum disease and heart disease, because they were wanting to look at all possible avenues for players having sudden heart problems on the pitch. Yeah, amazing stuff. Okay, let's go to this before we uh, get to the Ask George section. Jordy Tumalay says, long staff, Sean, apparently turning down his contract. What are your thoughts on that? He says, personally, I don't blame the lad. If he can't get in the team now, then he won't in the future. So good luck for the lad. He wants more football. So George, thoughts on Sean Longstaff turning turn that contract down? Well, I'd, as, as a local lad, I'd be disappointed to see him go elsewhere. But he's got to be realistic as well. Um, has he been providing on the pitch something that uh, the manager can say, well, he's got to be in my team? And for me, he hasn't, I'm afraid. He's, he's, he's got to go up a couple of notches before he gets to that level. Um, so I, I would say to him, uh, sign an improved deal and count your blessings, Bonnie Lad, and, and dig in and try and get in the team next season. But uh, on, on the evidence of what we're seeing this year, um, I'm not counting years before that because I'd still, as you know, said the other night that uh, I think Bruce killed uh, the two long staffs while he was here. Um, but if if Sean can show that he's he's up for it, then I'm sure I will put him in the team. So meanwhile, get an improved contract and stay and settle down and dig in is what I would say to him. But otherwise, if, if they can get money for him, well, uh, goodbyes. And he says we've got to be ruthless and. Uh, you know, he's, he's taking a squad spot, so thank you and, and good night as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, okay, Steve Hasty, same for you. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if the, the lad of the lad must know his his own limitations. He must be looking at the squad and he must be thinking, I don't I don't think I'm gonna get much uh, much football. And he's probably looking over the fence and thinking, you know what, I can go somewhere else and I can get, you know, 30, 35 games a season. Um, I hear that they're supposed to be one of the Glasgow clubs, it says. I didn't say which one. There's only two um, that are interested in them. Uh, I would suspect it might be the green side, uh, but uh, who knows. Um, but you know, I wish him well. I wish the lad well. I, I, I think that I, I agree. I think uh, I think he was bruised to a certain extent. I don't think he ever recovered from the, the ankle knock that he got that kept him out for quite a, a period of time when he was just really establishing himself. And I don't think really from a, as a from a midfielder whether we could ever decide whether he was a number eight, a number four, or a number playing behind the behind the strikers as a I don't know to call him number nine, number ten, whatever. Um, I don't think he, he, he ever nailed down a position, and sometimes that's been a fault with a lot of a lot of lads that we've had. You know, you, you go back to to Ian Bogey, and you know he, he was there with Gaza, yeah. and you go back yeah. to some of the other players that we've had. Um, Clarky, you know, nailing down exactly what his position was going to be. You know what? He could he could go somewhere else, and he could have just as good a career as Lee Clark had. You know, he could be just as much just as successful as Lee was at Fulham, for example. Um, and I wish him well if that's what happens. Our leads, the long staffs, we've spoken about them before. Um, somebody, uh, Kenny Ransom, has just put in the chat that he, um, no, it wasn't Kenny, it was somebody else, uh, about uh, Anthony. Uh, I had a good chat with Sean last night with North Shields. He alluded to me that it was and will get sorted and announced soon. So maybe, you know, it might, might not go. But, you know, the long staffs, do you think Newcastle should call it a day now with the two brothers? Uh, for Sean's staff, I think he, you know, uh, he he understands it, yani, well. He knows he knows he, he, not, he can't get to the first team, uh, regardless what's what happened uh, in the last uh, two years with the bros. Uh, we notice in the game, like for example, Bruno. Bruno was disappeared. I did not see Bruno because the player was playing with them in the midfield. They are not that. Uh, they can't help him to uh, to play with uh, with the same level. So this is what you see uh, the drop. Uh, so, uh, Seth, he's a smart. He's 24 years old. Uh, I think this age, you need to play uh, all the games. And you can do this in Newcastle. So, uh, this is if you look to uh, play. He, he must play another team to have uh, full games, at least. Okay. So, now financial. Is he getting an offer? This is a good question for, uh, for him. Is he getting an offer uh, better than a Newcastle offer? If he he should go, but maybe this, uh, maybe he didn't get the offer. So maybe the best thing is for him is to get, uh, like for example, two years contract, and he can be loaned to uh, a Scott League or any other leagues, and he can play uh, in the line the starting lineup. So this is good a chance for him to uh, to play uh, and level his uh, level up his performance, and who knows in the future what who could happen, who could be. Uh, uh, greater players, but th this is the thing. He need he need to play, and this is will not happen in Newcastle. Okay, Mitch, the long staff thing we've spoken about many many times. You mm. know what? What's your views on the recent stuff in the papers? That's part of the reason why I say expect some ruthless decisions, and that might be one of them, or it might not. What what may work in both of the long staff's favours is the scene. Like two lads who are coachable, 
And if Howe sees something in both of them, and in particular Sean, to sort out what Sean should be, then and Steve made the point before, he, he, he sort of, we didn't know, is he a 10, an 8, or a 4, or a little bit of something in between? He, for me, he played his best, was playing his best football, playing off the straight, and that was when he got his injury. Yeah. And and I think it's fair to say some, um, somebody's mentioned in the chat as well, I think it's fair to say that uh, um, he, he's not quite been the same since he's come back from that injury. And and so uh, that's something else I would maybe be looking at, is to say, do we need to assess physically, mentally, where he's at? And does how see somebody who we can work with and develop and who can be a complement to the squad and an asset to the squad? And I think if how feels that, you'll make make room for him. Because again, I've banged on and on and on about squad management for ages. And again, part of this squad management is making sure you're ticking all the boxes on home crumbs and who takes what way. Um, and you have to keep some of them around. And um, you'd never question these. Uh, his desire to play for the shirt, would you? And no, things like that. Yeah, they're all the they're all the noises that are coming out of Eddie Howe, aren't they? You know, Eddie's Eddie's been been saying how much he wants him to stay. <laughs> that that in itself says an awful lot. Now I presume you're exactly the same, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I am. Can you hear us, lad? Sorry, I do it. Yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. a quick change. Yeah, look, I you know with the with the with the long staff, we had a bit of inside knowledge for for quite a few you know, a few years with Malcolm because Malcolm McDonald's obviously the president of North Shields and he knows the brothers very well. He's got a good relationship with them. And um, it'll be interesting to hear what Malcolm's got to say on the show tomorrow night because he does still bum into the lads. And I think they're fairly honest. I think they're honest professionals. Um, I agree with George. I think ultimately Steve Bruce really finished the Longstaffs at Newcastle with the way that he treated them, with the way that he played them, with the way that he rushed Sean Longstaff back from injury. And I just genuinely feel that um, I think Newcastle will will progress and, and bring other players in. If we're going to bring somebody like Paquetta in or you're going to bring another winger in, there's not going to be places for the Longstaffs. And these guys want to play football. And, you know, I, I think I think it's a thank you and goodbye. I'd be very surprised if, if either of the Longstaffs are at Newcastle next year. I think there will be maybe one or two local lads, but I think Newcastle will be looking to, to make things bigger and better. And I think they'll be doing that in the summer. Steve, your thoughts on that? Well, I think one of the things that we're, we're involving loans, we, we tend to think that we're, we're going to loan players out to the, the lower levels. You know, we've had the, um, the, the um, you know, players going to, well, Matty started going to Aberdeen, you know, for a start off. All right, that was Premier League in Scotland. Now he's at Mansfield. And, and uh, with, um, you know, I would like to see that maybe you can get players to play for other Premier League teams. You know, there's teams that's going to come up from from the the championship, Fulham and, and Bournemouth to start with, and and maybe maybe the problem uh, Sean's got is that yes he signs, but it, he's going to get on the bench at best, and and probably not get brought on very often, and he and he probably wants to play. So is it is it the the discussion that might get sorted out tomorrow is that well he'll sign the contract, but he'll be loaned out to uh, possibly another Premier League club or somebody at the top of the championship, and and get lots of game time where he can. He can show that he's he's got something because he he's not going to get the opportunity enough here to to start many games at all, and so 
he, he needs to be playing regularly at a at a decent level. So I, I would be seeing if he can if, if he's talking to uh, Eddie Howe about that and saying, well, look, I'll sign, but I would I would like to be to be sent out on loan somewhere and at least until January maybe to to, to show that I can play at this level. Yeah, it's going to be interesting again. As I say, we will be doing a transfer show throughout the summer. Um, it's going to be interesting to count up as best we can how many people we've actually been linked with. Uh, it is that time of the show now to uh, to announce and say thank you uh, to the sponsors. So a big thank you, as always, to uh, Spider Miner. Uh, of course, worldwide coverage with the lads uh, and Top VPN. So get yourself over to Spider Miner's website uh, for more information. Thanks to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website www.skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 01913897245, and Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and <clears throat> Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle. And the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. And thanks to Kleekai, meet the new game over screen, drop into a Clear Run device near you, available on Apple Store, Google Play, and Clearrun.game. Thanks to Media Arts for all help with the video side of things. And if you want to subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right hand corner, and you can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share to your social media, and drop into the comments to speak to like minded Newcastle fans. Subscribing, though, is very important. It does help the channel grow. And, of course, if you want to join, click join. Uh, you can make a small donation to the channel. That way it helps us fund the StreamYard uh, connection, which we pay for as well. And uh, you can also join the cult, uh, which is something John from QTech thought up, which uh, is uh, something where you get something for your money. Uh, put your phone over the QR code, takes you straight there, or go to nufcmatters.com, and uh, you will be able to become... Uh, an NUFC Matters member. You get a cup, a scarf, a pen, a membership card, and you get entered into the monthly draw. You'll also get a car sticker. You also get a free car sticker if you subscribe to the channel, but you must send an email to John at QTech and tell him uh, that you have subscribed. Don't forget as well, we support the food bank on here. NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk is the website you need to make a virtual donation. And NUFC Matters are presenting an evening with Mick Lewis and Andy Griffin, Friday the 24th of June. Tickets are £12. It's our summer due. Uh, so get yourself to nufcmatters.com uh, to buy your tickets today. And uh, we do have another Shearer ball up for grabs. Vince Smith has won the last one, and he's donated it to the Food Bank, which is fantastic gesture on his behalf. Uh, and uh, tickets are online now, £2.99. Uh, you can buy them at nufcmatters.com to win a signed Alan Shearer ball from the 260 dinner. And that's what they look like uh, off the poster. And don't forget, the Food Bank T-shirt is still up for grabs on my Twitter. Simply place a bid at uh, Steve Wraith on Twitter, and uh, we will announce the winner on the Three Amigos on Friday. Don't forget, we've got a slightly later start. Half past six till half past eight on Friday is our show running time, but it will be live because I know a lot of you like the live section. Okay, uh, as always, we have a, a lovely section. It's called Ask George, and there's a few questions in. Okay, uh, we'll try and get through these a uh, couple of questions for George. This one uh, from Jordy Toomba Life. Evening, lads. Hope you're all well. Question for George. What's the worst refereeing decision, George, you've seen in football? For example, Maradona's hand of God. 
or anything else that might spring to mind? Well, first one that springs to mind was uh, a certain referee called Uriah Rennie who sent yeah. off Alan Shearer <laughs> before half-time in a game for persistent fouling. And nobody could nobody could count up more than six occasions when, when Shearer had been involved with another player in that part of the match. But Uriah Rennie thought it was enough to send him off. And that's one of the worst decisions I've seen uh, in, in a football game. Um, other than that, um, well, you, you can... 12 head mills. Yes, yeah, I mean, there's, there's all sorts uh, in, in the system, but uh, I'm trying to think of ones I've actually seen and, and been involved in. But that one comes to mind straight away. I, I, I think Uriah and he's sending off a of Valencia. I couldn't be, it takes a lot to be to be worse than that. Yep, okay. And uh, this one is from David Cook. He says, great article on Dave Smith. Uh, he says, has George got any stories of his role in Harvey's day? Yeah. Uh, Dave Smith, as, as a coach, was, was brilliant. And what I liked about Dave Smith is he was as uh, easy to talk to as a junior player as he was with the senior players. He, he was just a nice guy, basically. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, um, uh, I didn't get the opportunity to get that close because my me, me knee injury took me out of the out of the system about that time as well. But the little I did see of Dave Smith is I, I remember how how uh, great he was with the, with the younguns as, as well as with the senior players. He was a, he was a really nice guy. Okay, question for George from Helen. Uh, what is George's favourite football memory with his own father? Oh God, I have to keep I have to keep it uh, clean. Um, favourite <laughs> memory. Where did, where did we start? You know, I, I've said to you how we used to go and uh, see the other games as well. We used to, we, if they weren't at home at Newcastle, we'd yeah. dip through the tunnel and go to Ro to Roker Park. And occasionally, because we had family in Middlesbrough, we used to go to see sometimes go and see a Middlesbrough game as well. And, and that sometimes got witness some interesting stories, which I think I've told on here before about a cousin who had a passion for uh, um, uh, certain massage parlours in, in Teesside. Um, but uh, the the one the one of the funniest ones is is not as bad as that is that we also and I think it was Tom Dixon asked did we go to Gated and yes we did go to Gated quite often if there was none of the others were playing and uh, my father had a, a, a like and remember my father's a Gated lad he he, he lived in Lowfeld for, for many years uh, well from when he was born um, until he went until he married my mother and went to the RAF. Um, he used to like to go into a pub which had the was well you probably know uh, Steve uh, the coffin. Oh yes, uh -huh. yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right opposite the old gates at Pitch, uh, the Reg of Park. It was called the coffin because of its shape. It, the, the shape of the building was actually like a sarcophagus. You know, you you went in there, uh, and he, my dad always liked to go in there for a pint before we went into the match, and he'd go and get his well one pint if he could down three before we went into the ground. He would. Um, and uh, uh, he, he'd get me a lemonade and sit me in a corner. But he was standing at the bar and uh, he, he suddenly struck up conversation with a bloke next to him. And the conversation went something like that. Um, my dad downed a pint and water and the bloke said, did you enjoy that? And my dad says, that was bloody lovely. And the bloke says, so you should, it was my bugger. <laughs> 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 I 
absolutely brilliant. Uh, last question from Tom. 50, sorry, 99 yeah, Cup. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, what's, what's, can, you, can you give an answer to that? I've got a few internet issues this end, so just answer that, George, and hopefully they'll rectify themselves at this end. 99 FA Cup, who was a star player. Um, I'm stuck with that one, to be honest. I'm struggling to remember who was around then. Um, who, who, who were we playing? Can, can somebody give us a... a that was the Man United final. That was the Man United final. Oh, right. Yes, 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 yes. Well, um, well, for us, I, I would struggle to find a star player, to be honest. The, the star player in the competition was uh, uh, was always going to be one of the Man, Man United uh, players. And uh, I've got to say, it was somebody that uh, um, didn't always get uh, the recognition he did. And I, I think... Uh, um, he eventually came to us. Nicky Butt was a was a was a young uh, star player come in the making, as as far as I can remember. Um, so <laughs> you know, um, uh, I think yeah, Giggs, I mean, Giggs got the Giggs got the praise, didn't he, for the, yes, for the yes. final goal against yes. Arsenal when they were yes. reading under the cosh. I think Giggs Giggs took all the glory, but I think at, at that time as well, you had you had Roy Keane, and I, if you remember. Um, it looked like Roy wasn't going to be playing in the final, and we went down to Wembley praying that he wasn't because he'd been locked up midweek. He'd spent a couple of days in prison, hadn't he? That's he'd right. Been locked That's up right. Drinking. Um, and we thought he was going to play. So, of course, when it was announced, then I think he, he went off after half an hour anyway. But that was just typical of our look and typical of Man United, wasn't it? You know. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, and, and it uh, it was the. Was that one of the games we went to, Neil? Can you remember? Aye, it was. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having taken the lads down and, and got all uh, keyed up for this game, you know, to, to go home uh, empty-handed was... Because uh, I, I used to carry five people in the back of the car who were pretty awful, awful losers. You know, if they, if they lost the chauffeur, used to get it in the neck. You know, get into the traffic. Get on, go on, go on, do this, do that. You know, <laughs> because, I, because I, I was going to say, was was that not the final where we somehow ended up in the Royal Cavalcade? I was. That's what made us ask because uh, yes, uh, <laughs> being bad losers, we got we're getting this big car that I hired to take with there, and uh, we're in the car park, and and this lot at the back back of me are saying. Go on, get get out. Go on, go out on the road, George. Go on, go on. Don't wait, don't wait. Go on. And I made a move to go, and all of a sudden, this cop I waved us into the traffic, and I off. I put my foot down in this big car. It was a big blackout Savira, uh, uh, the, the first Savira. Yeah, I was. I was going to say, was it not a big blackout Merc? People carry yeah, it or something like that. It, it, it was. was. It was. It was one of the first Savira's, which were, were fantastic, right. turbo driven, and it went like the wind. So as soon as this cop I waved us, I went. And I'm bummed along the road, and suddenly our Neil leans forward from his seat just behind us and says, Hey, I think that's the Duke and Duchess of Kent in the car in front of us. And it was. <laughs> we, were, we were right behind the Royal Party leaving, leaving the FA Cup final. And we got a, a little bit way along when this cotter stood in front of us. He had more gold and silver and braid on his hat that would have paid for my mortgage. Uh, and I stopped and he guided me into this old bush shelter and was surrounded by policemen with guns and all kinds, wondering why, why we got to where we were. 
And uh, so I said, well, one of your mates, you know, one of your colleagues waved me into the traffic. So I just did what I was told. And he wasn't impressed with that. And uh, so they had a bit chinwagging and a bit tut and all the rest of it. And you could see we were feeling uncomfortable. And eventually they let out the back door and set one away. But the thing is, what I, you, you won't know, as I might have said it on here before, one of the people in the back of my car was a cop and he had his warrant card with him. And so I said to him, Paul, when were you going to speak up? He says, well, I was waiting for them to get their rubber gloves on to see if they were going to do a search. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, so I said, thank you very much, Paul. And off we went. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, uh, I'm trying, it's still struggling to think about who I would regard as the best player had on the be, field. But... Had to be Shearer in 99. I mean, he was the, you know, he, he oh, was probably yeah. the Well, for us, the... yes. Yeah, yeah, best yeah, player. But us. he said it yeah. throughout the competition. But anyway, that's us, George, for this week. Uh, 50 minutes left. Let's let's take tackle this one. So, Steve Wilkinson, come to you first. Kind words on Sky Sports about his feelings for the tune and Sir Bobby Robson from Jose Mourinho. Would the lads like to see him at the tune one day? Steve? Mm. Well, actually, I, 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 I have a story where I actually went to Freddie Fletcher um, a number of years ago and uh, I, I worked with a, a lad who was Freddie Fletcher's secretary after he left Newcastle and uh, it was after um, after Bobby had finished and, and I, I got in touch with him and I said could you could you not get and try and get him back you know and, and finish the job that that, uh, that Bobby had started because obviously they were very close at Barcelona and uh, I think he he, he, he actually was a bit negative, Freddie Fletcher, about Jose Mourinho and his, and his attitude. He didn't think he was he was into that. I think they tried to get him for a testimonial or or, or a, some sort of event, and he he sort of fobbed it off to his agents and things. But th that that was um, he, I think when he's when he's spoken in public on on like the Sky or anywhere, he's he's always had a soft spot for Pierre, and I think he's he actually felt it a difficult ground to come to with a lot of his teams and. Uh, you know, we seemed to do quite well against him, but it, it was. Um, I, I didn't see the interview. I heard he was talking about it, but um, I, I don't know. I think he's 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 probably. I don't. Well, he's not history because he's still he's still doing okay. But I I think we're going in a different direction now, and I, I can't see him being the the, the following to Eddie Howe. I'm hoping Eddie Howe becomes the new Alex Ferguson. He's still here in twenty years' time, and we've won the league umpteen times. Whether I'm here to watch it or not, but. Uh, you know, I, I think I think it's a different direction to go to Jose Marino to come come back here, or not come yeah. back here because to come here at all. Okay, Mitch. Yeah, for me, if this was a question ten years ago, absolutely yes. Uh, for now, I think football and us are going in a different direction. Yeah, and I think we need somebody younger, somebody more dynamic. Um. He seems to have this second and third season syndrome when the players work him out. Um, and I think his time's passed, really. Uh, and it, that's a shame because he certainly loves Newcastle United and respects Newcastle United for what we are. And there's only one man responsible for that. And uh, it would have been nice, to, like Steve said, to see him pick up where Sir Bobby left off and finish the job. But um, that time's been and gone. And I think we're going in a very different direction. And uh, as Steve says, it would be nice to see Eddie Howe prove himself to be a man for all seasons and, and show what a dynamic young manager of, of this era can do. Um, 
But I think in terms of going to Mourinho, I think his time's passed for us. Okay, Alwaleed, same question. Jose Mourinho at Newcastle, is that something you'd like to see in the future? Uh, well, uh, if I have a feeling, I feel he will come in the future somehow. Uh, he's a he's a goal achiever, uh, uh, and I think the coaches uh, they are uh, learning from him. I believe now club is kind of more look likey of uh, Mourinho. I think he's he get from uh, Mourinho character some, especially in uh, make you go out, uh, make you uh, you know this social uh, not social sorry. Psychological games, uh, psychological games, and who can drag you out of the of the field? Uh, uh, I love Eddie Howe. I wish if he uh, continues, but there is a goals. If there's, uh, I mean, there is a goals to be achieved. Now the goal is to stay in Premier League, which it happened. So uh, I think next year maybe the goal to fight and show a better team and show and go to Europe, but. Within two, uh, two years, I believe he, he, he still have two years in his contract. Uh, so we expect a better season. So next season, uh, the season after, uh, maybe FA Cup. So uh, uh, the good thing about Mourinho, it's not first time he say this. He always have a spot for uh, Newcastle. This has happened many times before when he visit. So this is not a new thing, and uh, I can say. Uh, uh, one thing, uh, he's much appreciated here in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Mourinho, he's, uh, we have something called Mahd Academy, uh, which is a, a, a new institution care about development of the uh, football from, from, from uh, the kids' age, uh, male and female. And they assigned Mourinho as an as uh, ambassador for that. So, uh, he, so I uh, uh, I, I, I can't see him coming in the future because he have still have uh, his way. He can He's uh, 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 he have a recipe to succeed. He can't do it by himself. Uh, we notice the clubs he succeed in it. They have uh, love the players, love and stand by Mourinho, and this is what Mourinho needs. Need a player and support. So uh, yeah, I can't see it, any. Uh, I could see him very any you know, coming in maybe maybe uh, uh, after maybe four years if we didn't achieve uh, something better. Great insight, Alwaleed, on the Saudi connection as well. Uh, Steve Hasty, same question. Jose, it's been a name which I think we've talked about in the past, and um, many thought he might be one of those managers that would come in if a takeover went through. Uh, what's your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are that if Eddie Howe doesn't succeed this season then I wouldn't be surprised to see Mourinho in next season. Um I think I think it's I think he's a still a top class manager. I think he I think he's the sort of guy who would come because having had so much success elsewhere um in the Premier League uh, and as he said about Manchester United in that article um, in that in that interview, you know that was the la- he was the last man to win anything with them. He he likes to rub that in. He likes to just keep sticking the knife into them. Um, and I think he has an awful lot of pride. And I think he would see Newcastle as a totally different job to any of the other jobs he's had in the Premier League. And I think of all of them, this is probably the job that he would enjoy doing. Um, so I think we've already got a manager. And as I say, like everybody else, I want Eddie Howe to be successful. But if Eddie Howe starts to stutter. And the pressure's on him, then I could imagine uh, Mourinho being the first name in the frame 
um, with the new owners um, if that happened. So yeah, that's that's my that's my feeling on it. I think he'd be great. I think I think he would be a, a he is a top class manager, and I think he would do a fantastic job. But we've got Eddie, so let's let's hope that Eddie is successful. George, it's an interesting one. I mean, of course, the connection with Sir Bobby Robson is is what makes it more special, I think. Absolutely. And, um, Absolutely. The fact that he was his mentor. Um, has has time passed Jose by, though, or has he just picked the wrong clubs uh, at the wrong time? Has he been a victim of what was going on behind the scenes? Because when you look well, at he, Manchester United, you look at was... Tottenham, they've both got issues behind the scenes. Yeah, and, and what, what happened to him at Manchester United was nothing short of disgraceful, but uh, that's not just for Jose, I, I think, or Oli Gullis Solskjaer as well. Uh, I mean, the fact is that, uh, apart from that, club lives in a world of its own. Did you read uh, David Beckham's comments yesterday about how Manchester United fans are the worst, uh, have suffered the worst of any fans in the country? I, I thought yeah. myself, my God, you know, <laughs> what what planet are you living on, bunny lad? You know, you're stuck in a, stuck in a time war, but never mind. Uh, um, Steve said it for me, uh, we picked Eddie Howe, and for the time being, we've got to stick with Eddie Howe. We don't want to be a club where one in, one out every five minutes. Give Eddie Howe his head, give him his chance. And if, and if in a couple of years we've done nothing, we didn't look like we're going to do anything, then, I could, like Steve, I could see uh, people like Marino hovering round round the club. Um, can I come back on so, uh, one of the things in the thread? Somebody just said about uh, me comments about uh, not being a um, not being a home game. So I used to go to Sunderland and Middlesbrough and Gates and uh, and and the, the comment at the end was that would be frowned on now. Well, mm. I find that quite sad to be honest. Um, it, it, I'm going to upset you even more because my wish is to see three northeast clubs in the Premiership. Yep. So when the northeast, when the Premier League sits down and have their cosy votes, there's three northeast votes going to upset the six, the big six in London elsewhere, and that would be great for me. No, I, I, I'm not saying that the, the, the other two should be better than us, but what I'm saying is that for a northeast football fan, I'd like to see all three clubs back in the Premiership. Yeah. Uh, and the the reason I went to things like that was. Um, the lads on here know, have heard me talk about the Chicken Road Academy. That was where, where we used to live and, and, and how that's where I got my football education. Well, my education was about loving football, not just Newcastle United. Yes, Newcastle United was first and foremost. In fact, um, if I could uh, interject something else, today is 98th birthday for Jackie Milburn. Um, and, and, you know, that kind of thing just comes to my mind when, when I'm thinking about it. But for somebody to think that, um, you know, doing those things would be frowned on now, I find quite sad. Uh, it, it's a, football's a game to enjoy, and you can enjoy it in all sorts of ways. And, and uh, we, 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 we had some great times. I mean, when I used to do um, sponsorship <coughs> uh, stuff for the Sutherland and Shields Billing Society, I used to get all sorts of uh, uh, free trips to... to, to to Roka Park, and I used to sometimes take Neil, and and we had some great times. But um, you know, uh, I understand the rivalry, and there's nobody more of a rival than I am. But at the end of the day, I love football, and and uh, we enjoyed yeah. playing on that rivalry sometimes. Remember yes, when we right. were, we were invited? I am um, vote for the sponsors, man of the match, and 
Yes. I think he, he, uh, I think uh, Gary Bennett had, he'd conceded a penalty, given it, scored an own goal, and got sent off. So there was two little little Geordies in the corner. And, yeah, Gary Bennett, man of the match for the sponsors, <laughs> man of the match. You know, uh, and, and they knew who was writing it, and they knew why who was well, writing it. But it yours, was good and luck. Yours got picked. Yours got picked out the hat as well. <laughs> Fantastic. As always, great show, great memories from George. Uh, I am back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, with Super Mac and Gibbo. And we will be looking ahead to the Malcolm McDonald derby, of course, which takes place on Monday, Newcastle versus Arsenal. But for now, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to everybody in the chat for your interaction, as always. Always a pleasure. Thanks to your kind messages. I do see you Lovely to see you, lads. Lovely to see you. Take care, everybody. Thanks a lot. Good night. Take care, Steve. Bye. Bye. See you, everyone. 